you beautiful listeners out there. We are back for another powerful episode of Embracing Enough, the podcast brought to you by Enough Labs. I'm Dina, and I'm the host of Embracing Enough, where we choose to be bold to have the conversations we are all anxious to unpack. So I mentioned to you on the last episode that we were focusing on this theme of proving ourselves and what it means. And in the last episode, I dug into my own journey around where I have had to reconcile, where I've had this pressure that I, quite frankly, put on myself to feel like I had to constantly prove my worth in the workplace. But another place that I think we find similar pressure in proving ourselves can be in relationships. Let's be honest. Love is not only hard to find, but strange as it may seem, it can be even harder to accept and tolerate. Now, most of us say that we want to find a loving partner, but once we start to become vulnerable and really open ourselves up to another person, our anxiety and fear can skyrocket. Intimacy, it's a quality that we normally associate with enduring relationships. But in order to have these types of relationships in our own lives, we not only need to experience that true sense of closeness with another person, but we need to experience it with ourselves. In this episode, we untangle how worthiness, understanding, grace, and sometimes even forgiveness can all help us create the intimacy that we want in our relationships. I am so excited to share this episode with you all, and I can't even begin to find the words to express my gratitude for my two guests today. I'm joined by two people that have had a profound impact on me. I met them both while taking personal development workshops through Momentum Education. Tamara Lynn is a facilitator and coach for Momentum Education, and she has extensive experience designing and delivering workshops on personal transformation, psychoanalytic approaches to coaching, and leadership. Tamara is a powerful trainer who consistently demonstrates behavior that empowers others to take action with urgency. She's a force and a firecracker. Leslie Taylor, also known as Butterfly Soul or Uncle Butta, is a trainer and curriculum coordinator for Momentum Education. He's a multifaceted trainer with a stellar reputation and really well known for his work as a personal development coach. Both Tamara and Leslie have supported countless people in overcoming their own limiting beliefs and have facilitated some of the most critical breakthroughs. These two are some of the most loving people I have ever met on the planet and their stand for a win-win world is beyond inspiring and I promise you they will waste no time telling you exactly what you may not want to hear but need to. Trust me I know because I've been on the receiving end multiple times but I'm a better person for it and I'm honored to get to showcase their wisdom here today. I'll let you decide what you take from this episode. But for me, I learned that self-intimacy is the gateway to intimacy with others. When you're intimate with yourself, you feel plugged into everything. The more intimate that you get with yourself, the more worthy, valued, and loved you feel. We have to be willing to brave the waters of intimacy, first with ourselves and then with others. So let's dive in. (music) Thank <music> you.
All right, so let's get started. We've got two incredible guests, Tamara Lynn, (laughs) a seasoned facilitator with Momentum Education. And here at Embracing Enough, we try to get started with letting our listeners know a little bit about who are the guests on on the show today. So Tamara, why don't we kick it off with you? Who are you? What's your story? So, I'm one, Dina, I'm really grateful to be here, and I'm excited to, you know, talk about the topic around being enough and intimacy, specifically with uh, Leslie, who I love working with, and, you know, with you, who I'm, you know, getting to know more and more each day. And I am, um, you know, when I think about the question, who am I, there's so many different ways to answer that question, and... Uh, I think, you know, at different times in my life, I've answered it differently, right? And I think today, I, you know, really define who I am in relationship to other people, right? And who I am, who I get to be in relationship to other people, and what kind of person I am. And, you know, that was very much shaped by you know, where I come from and how I was raised. And, you know, I was born and raised in New York City. I lived part of my childhood in Trinidad, where my mom's from. And my dad is also a native New Yorker. And I, you know, I learned so much from my parents. I grew up in, like, actually a really chaotic home, um, you know, where there was drug abuse and physical abuse and emotional abuse. And I learned where I am today. I learned, I think, many things, what not to do for my parents, right? And um, how to be a uh, kind and loving person. Right, and I also had the influence of my grandparents, which I'm really grateful for, and I think I really learned a lot about how to love through them, right? And so, you know, I, today I like to share about the qualities about myself that I most admire, which I consider myself to be a loving person and a person who cares about other people, and a person who cares about what matters to other people, and making sure, that is that when I find out what matters to them, I can really support them in achieving that. Right. And I think at, in previous times in my life, I would have defined you know, myself by what I do. Right. And I think what I do is actually a reflection of who I am. Right. Like I chose what I do because of who I am. Right. And um, what I do is. You know, I facilitate workshops, and that's what I do. But it's—I chose to do that because I want to contribute. Because at my core, I want to contribute to other human beings and see them win and see them achieve everything that they like to achieve. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. And and what resonates with me is this word contribution. Because I see both you and Bada as major contributors, you know, and that's such an integral part of your story. So thank you for that. 
Butter, hit us up. Who are you? What's your story? Leslie Butterfly Soul Taylor. What's your story? Um, my story. Wow. Um, well, I grew up in, I was born and raised in Chicago. My heart is in New York City. I um, lived there for many years. Um, I was raised by my mother, who uh, had some, you know, some really um, tough life struggles with uh, a lot of the men that she chose to love, my father being no different. And so being able to emerge from that kind of abuse, both emotionally and physically, uh, I really sought out to want to make people happy. So I wanted to be an entertainer. And I wanted to be on stage and I wanted to perform. Um, but the only thing that was missing is that I couldn't figure out how to be myself authentically off stage. So I was always performing. And it wasn't until I um, really just stepped into who I am as a person and really owned myself authentically you know, authentically in that, you know, this is what I like, this is what I don't like. Um, this is who I am not. And, and in finding who I am not, I learned that I am so many other things. I, uh, I actively work to not fit the stereotype. And then there are times when I own it, how I own the stereotype out um, as a man of color. I think given the climate that I'm in today, um, I am acutely aware of my maleness and my blackness. I am acutely aware of the threat that I impose by breathing and the responsibility I have if I stay silent. Mm. And I know for sure, for sure, growing up in the household that I grew up in, um, my pain was designed for purpose, which is why I get to facilitate and talk to young people who have, who have survived the trauma that I also survived. Mm. Um, I have the pleasure of serving young people here in Chicago of the organization called La Casa Norte. And if you look at my bio, it's in there. I love that work because it's a it's also a constant reminder of who I could have been, who I was, and then it's refreshing to step back and you know, just let them know they still have more that they can be. And they really encourage me to be who I am constantly. So it's really it's it's a give back in a way that I can't even explain. I'm no longer my title or my position, much like what Tamara said, I am. I, I feel like I'm standing more in purpose, on purpose. I'm really intentional about how I give and where I give. I love that. I mean, I, I obviously know both of your stories through through our work and momentum, but hearing you both describe your story and who you both are, it's sort of. It's not that it's sort of, but it it absolutely embodies service it embodies transformation and your story is what you just said but it allows you and enables you to turn pain into purpose and and it goes back to the word i said after tamara introduced herself around contribution both of you contribute so much through your stories so i've said it to you a million times i'll say it to you again and i will continue to say it to you thank you for all that you do truly so it's crazy that we're talking about, oh, of course. Um, so it's interesting that we're here talking about intimacy because it's the very thing that you both create with anyone in your presence. Um, but tell me, I mean, I think what's interesting in conversations around intimacy is that it can mean very different things to different people. So how would the both of you define intimacy? Tamara, do you want to kick us off? 
<laughs> um, I think, you know, we use an expression that momentum, intimacy is into me, you see, right? And it can be really catchy, right? Because it's like, you know, such a play on the word intimacy. Um, I think that intimacy is the ability to experience all of a human being, right? Um, so experience them physically, experience them emotionally, experience them mentally, experience them spiritually, psychically, right? To have that kind of like deep connection with someone. Um, and I think intimacy occurs between you know, two or more people, right? So, um, it, and there's the intimate relationship that you have with yourself. And so if you're, you know, unwilling to really truly be who you are as a human being, then are you then really able to see who someone else is as a human being and really experience them in that way, right? And I think, you know, giving someone the gift of being seen, right, is a beautiful gift, right? And it starts with the work that we do on ourselves, right? So I think that, you know, intimacy is, um, I think that intimacy is a gift, right? And I think it starts with you, and I think it is a... It is a choice that we make, and I think everyone is capable of it, right? And um, I think it involves having a whole experience, right? It doesn't, um, it doesn't leave anything out, right? It's, mm. and it's, I think intimacy is about sharing as well. Mm. I love it. But what about you? What's your definition of intimacy? I wish my definition was Tamara. Uh, <laughs> it's okay to echo her sentiments. We're in alignment. That works. I mean, she, she let, it's like going, it's like saying, hey, I'm about to fly the plane. And it's like, uh, she just landed it. The crew is off. The plane crew is on cleaning it. They're resetting for the next flight. Um, what I will add to that, though, is that for me, intimacy is, it's a, a, um, if I had to drop it into one sentence, it's I am here. Um, and then from there, looking at it from the lens of, I feel like intimacy is, it's an awareness and an awakening. It's being aware of myself and the people around me. Um, but then what also occurs in that intimacy is the awakening of a need that I didn't even know I had with that particular person. It's the awakening of that. It's, a, it's the desire for that moment with them and then allowing those moments to continue to occur over and over and over again. Uh, and, then it, and then that has the really, you know, love my neighbor as myself sounds differently when I, when I look at it from the lens of intimacy. It's really giving people grace and taking ownership of the kind of intimacy that I'm creating. Like recognizing that I can create distance or I can create closeness. And the intention today more and more is if I'm on the phone call, if I'm on a Zoom call, 
I want to create intimacy and connection with people around me constantly. And that's so important right now as we find ourselves on Zoom calls constantly and that there is a misperception that intimacy can't be created, that it can be created really anywhere. And I, I, love, yes. I love both of your definitions. If I could add anything to it, but there's not much to add because you both put it all out, I would say I would add... I mean, I've, I've, it's interesting. Butta, you know this because my definition of intimacy actually continues to evolve. And something that I've been reflecting a lot on lately are two words in my definition of intimacy, which would be allowing and forgiveness. And I find myself, when I think about intimacy, there's an allowing, there's an allowance that I'm, that I'm extending myself to be every bit of myself whether that's considered to be too much in people's eyes, I'm okay with it. But that intimacy and that connection to yourself that you both alluded to, I think is so important. And, and forgiving yourself in the process, like forgiving yourself for anything that you may not have adored. I think it's so important. Yeah. It's so important. And so when, I guess when I ask, when I think about the word, you know, for my definition around allowing um, what what do you both feel like intimacy allows for? Like when we really allow ourselves to be intimate, either in relationship uh, or with ourselves, what does it allow for? Well, I mean, I, I really love that question because um, I think it really illust- it also illustrates what what your life could be like without it. I think as well, right? It like it, it really illustrates for me anyway, like the stark contrast of what happens when you don't have intimacy mm-hmm. in your life, right? And so I think intimacy allows for community, mm-hmm. right? And um, you know, I think when people hear the word intimate, they immediately jump to romantic relationship. I think that's a general like misconception. Right, but intimacy occurs inside of all relationships, right? It occurs inside of romantic relationships, friendships. It can occur, right, um, at work, right? It, it occurs, I think, everywhere, right? And um, intimacy can occur with your children, right? It occurs everywhere. So I think it allows for community. It allows for um people to be fully expressed and creative, right? It allows for freedom, right? When you are able to fully be so comfortable with someone else that you allow them to see you with a group of people and you allow them to see you and you see them, there is a freedom in that because I think you can be completely all of who you are, right? And mm. even inside of being who you are, you are allowed to make mistakes, right? And inside of those mistakes in an intimate relationship, everyone learns from this, those mistakes. And the mistake is not just about the individual, right? It's also about the community, 
right? It doesn't become blame, it becomes an opportunity for learning, right? And um, I think intimacy allows for um, creativity, right? The ability to create, and when I use the word create, I use it liberally, right? I think that um, creativity is not just about art, right? Creativity is also about, you know, what we create in our daily lives. But I think we're creative everywhere that we go, right? As you we create. And so I think that intimacy allows us to be, to have the space to be creative and to think creatively. I love that. We're allowed, to, we're, 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 we give ourselves permission to create what we want. And I think that's so, it's so, it's so yeah. beautiful in this exploration of what in intimacy means. And I love how you touched upon that it's not just in, in romantic relationships, that you can create intimacy and you can create what you want through intimacy, through different things, right? But it, hit us yeah. with it. What, what's, your, what's your take on what intimacy allows for? Well, I think uh, intimacy does just that. It allows. It makes room for you to allow. It allows you space to create that thing that you want. The thing about intimacy that I think is so magical is that it is, um, it stimulates creativity. It is the beginning of that, that, that thing that you want to allow. If you want to allow romantic love, it, intimacy is required. If you want to, uh, you know, create friendship, it allows that space, right? It's really, it does, it does that. Like intimacy is a place to allow. Yeah. Uh, the things that uh, that it allows are, I think, beyond numbering or uh, comprehension, really. It's bigger, bigger, and bigger. If you think about even all the stuff that Tamara named. Imagine all the stuff that comes from that stuff. Right. Woo. As a result of intimacy. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. Like all of like, it's all of those things. It's so, so, it's big. And as I'm talking to you, I'm finding that intimacy is youthful. Yeah. Intimacy is, there's a joy, there's a, um, a, re, uh, a joy that's hard to explain. But I think the moment you create intimacy, it's something you absolutely don't want to uh, live without. So you're constantly finding yourself allowing that space of intimacy so that you can experience it over and over and over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. You guys are taking me to church. I just can't get over it. Intimacy is air. Let's take, let's, this is a good moment just to take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, and we're back. Um, man, the, this discussion is something I could talk about for hours, especially <laughs> with the two of you. But uh, we don't have hours. We have a finite amount of time. <laughs> but let's use it. <laughs> um, you know, a big thing at, here at Embracing Enough is we love to celebrate stories. And... 
I'd love for the listeners to hear a little bit about both of your respective journeys about how what it took to get comfortable with intimacy, either in relationships or with yourselves. And I ask that because stories are powerful and stories um, allow I'm people. Still with okay. I'm still, I'm still learning. I'm still uh, growing in that space. Leaps and bounds from where, I'm, from where I was, but absolutely recognizing that when I allow intimacy, as we were talking about before, I also recognize that I get to allow the other person their version of intimacy too, mm. um, who I'm in relationship with. And so it's really trusting myself with my intimacy and saying, you know what? I'm willing to let you see me. I'm willing to see myself with you, right? And then allowing, 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 and then growing from there. I don't think intimacy is a place that you actually arrive to. Mm. I think it is what gets you to the places that you want to go. There's intimacy in business. There's intimacy in personal relationships. There's intimacy in your dreams versus your reality. There's intimacy in your reality. There, intimacy is always available. For myself, it's really saying yes to the allowing. Yes, I'm going to have intimacy in this moment. And in some, in some cases, I literally have to stop myself and go, you know you want this. Say yes. Allow this. And then in that allowing, it's like, Something just opens up, and it's like freedom all over again. Mm. But can I ask, what is the thing that might make yeah. you say no? Fear. Mm. Fear would be the thing. Um, and what that fear is is relative. The long and short of it is that fear would, would uh, put me in a position to say no. Prior to now, which is odd, it's so funny, like, in thinking it back, I would fear would be the thing. Today, it's, it's never no, it's more like maybe. No, maybe. Let me see. Mm. Let, me see let me see how I feel about this. It's never really no, because I know that there's so much more available inside of it. Right. Beautiful. Tamara, what about you? Um, I agree with everything that Leslie just said and I think that you know in, especially intimacy is a lifelong journey right I don't think it's a um you know here I I got to intimacy and now I'm intimate with everyone that I meet I think it's a conscious choice that I make and so for me personally intimacy for me requires and you know when I first became aware of what it truly meant to have an intimate relationship or to have intimate relationships. When I got the distinction of intimacy and what it was, I was terrified because to me it requires vulnerability and trust in order to be intimate um, with anyone, right? Trusting, you're trusting them with, you know, as I mentioned, the entirety of your life, right? And so I would worry about being hurt right so now that we're intimate you have the power to hurt me whether it's friendship or parental relationship any other familiar relationships romantic partnership relationships with clients whatever it is i'm giving you myself right 
and I'm asking you to do the same so there's that potential for hurt. But when I, what I had to do was let go of what I thought could go wrong and think about everything that I would gain from having intimate relationships. And when I focus on everything that I can gain from having intimate relationships, then it far outweighs right, the fact that I can be hurt. Mm. Right? It's like worth it's worth the hurt. It's worth the it's, it will be worth heartbreak, right? Because at the end of the day I think, you know, people disappoint you, right? And you disappoint people. And then in intimate in truly intimate relationships you work on it together, mm. right? And support each other through disappointments, I believe. And I think, you know, I had to really take a deep breath and I still get to take a deep breath, right? <laughs> Every time I feel like this is getting, we're, we're, we're so intimate that I'm so terrified, right? And I take a deep breath and I trust and I think about all the things that intimacy allows for. Mm. Right, and all the things that I gain from having a beautiful, intimate relationship with another human being. I, I love the way the both of you articulated that because inside of wanting to go towards intimacy, there's still a struggle that we experience ourselves sort of inside of that fear. Or I'll speak for myself. A little controlling nature around it of like I'm not going to let you play that role where you're going to hurt me, and it's so interesting about what how we live inside of that struggle, and because of the work that you both do, but because of the human beings that you are, I'm curious. I know that there's no single answer, but what do you think are the reasons why why people struggle with creating intimacy? Um, I, I don't know that I can speak for people. For myself, okay. as I was listening to Tamara talk, what I got, what I never considered, and I'm a man of a certain age and becoming a man of a certain different kind of age, I never considered that inside of intimacy um, and the conversation of worthiness, I never considered that it was really worth it. Until this very moment, like, what if the what if it was worth it? What if it was like, worth for it? Real? Like, what, what if it was if worth, it, was worth it? it? Ooh, what if it was just worth it? Like, what if it was? What if what if it was worth it? Like, the herd. We look at those things because those are the things that kind of keep us from it. But what if it was worth it to be able to have it? It's crazy. Experience. Uh, being being loved, right? Like, what what would it have been to, like, have all of that? Mm. Right? I never, in this conversation, I'm even more present to, I, not only am I worthy, but it is really worth it. Intimacy is worth it. It's worth the work. Yeah. <clears throat> and what comes up for me is that when you're saying that, Leslie, is that I think that um, we're worth it. Right, like we, we yeah. deserve it, 
and we're worth it and we're all worthy of an intimate relationship and, and intimate relationships. And I think that, you know, <laughs> even if the relationship comes to a close or the way that it looked, it doesn't look the way that it did before, if it was an intimate relationship, if you really got that, if you received that gift of intimacy, both of you, then I think that the relationship wasn't a failure. Right. Mm. It, it ran, it ran the journey. It ran its course. It did what it was supposed to do. Right. And I think, <clears throat> you know, in the question around worthiness, it's I, in order to get for me, in order to get that intimacy was worth it, I had to get that I was worth it. Mm. Right. That, and that the other person was worth it, that we were worthy of it. And, you know, I don't, I think that, that's that is probably why people don't like have intimate relationships or you know, are afraid of them. I think underneath it is a worthiness conversation, right? Am I am I worth it? Right, and and that and you know they feel like they come up short where the other person is coming up short in some way right? because they're terrified. Mm -hmm. I think that intimacy and worthiness are so inextricably linked. And even though intellectually we can make that connection, I think oftentimes it's so incredibly difficult to really and truly embrace it. Like recognizing that you are worth it and that the experience is worth it as opposed to trying to control the outcome around it. Like if I didn't get me to the outcome that I wanted, then it wasn't worth it to be open and vulnerable and intimate. But we get so wrapped up around, I think sometimes what we think intimacy is, going, is supposed to look like and what it's supposed to give us, where, where it defeats the whole essence of just being open to it. Yeah. You know? Well, and, I, and the reason I asked that question around people, because I don't, dare generalize we're all very complex but you both have probably taught what hundreds of workshops together and i was curious if you have seen certain similarities around the struggle to creating intimacy and and if that is different between women and men mm, that's a really good question Go ahead and answer it, Tamara. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, um, wow. I mean, I guess, like, the short answer is yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, next. <laughs> right. And I think, you know, there's, there is, there is a difference between men and women and then a difference between all gender identities, right? And I think the way that we're allowed to express our gender identity, right? Or, you know, like it, there's almost like a way that we are told to express our gender ident identity, right? And um, the way the 
you know, and the fact that some people feel unsafe to express certain gender identity um, more than, you know, man and woman, I think also is a barrier to intimacy. Mm. Um, and um, I think that, you know, the way that we're socialized into being, you know, either identifying as a man or a woman and then ostracized for wanting to be or for identifying as neither, right, um, has a impact on the way that we express intimacy as well. And I think for people that identify as women or have been socialized to identify as women, um, it, I think, there's so much to unpack. It's like, so I feel like we could have like 20 podcasts on just yes. like gender identity and intimacy and all of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's such like a, and and I don't want to like do a disservice to them. <laughs> That's okay. We're going to do another episode. That's all that matters. Right. That's all that means. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, so much goes into your own, your identity and then your gender identity and then, you know, how that impacts intimacy because, yeah. you know, what you're told to do, not to do, what the explicit messages, the implicit messages be, um, the way that, you know, you're taught, like you're, you know, from the time that you're born, right, the messages that you're getting and how that hinders when that hinders your identity then you know it does it what it does to pieces of yourself that you're unable to share right and you don't feel comfortable sharing or feel safe feel safe sharing right and i think and i can only speak as i identify as a woman right, right? i identify as a straight woman right and i can speak only speak from that point of view right Mm -hmm. and I think that um you know what I've experienced is that you know there's it can be it's confusing physical relationship right for intimacy right and thinking that that is what intimacy is right right or completely shutting yourself down because you're so because you've been hurt before and so now right I'm not going to allow intimacy into my life because I've been hurt before right Mm -hmm. or looking for intimacy everywhere that you go because it's something that is missing in your life and so there are even inappropriate boundaries that happen because you're unclear about what a healthy, intimate relationship is like. Wow. So many things coming up. Safety, security, being able to see it modeled in front of you. I mean, and I love that you went in with, you know, again, I, I always say I'm, I'm, I'm not here to generalize and I've never walked this earth trying to generalize, but that experience of 
your own gender identity and how you have been socialized or conditioned to experience that. Are there certain parts of you that you may have been forced to, to, to tuck away or to not fully embrace? Butter, what do you think? Um, I think along with the conversation of the multitude of gender identities, um, the, res- the role and responsibility looks different. I think as, again, the conversation, my definition of intimacy slowly shifts as I actually look at it from, this, from the lens of this current climate that I'm in right now. Yeah. Um, you know, intimacy with, you know, people of color, intimacy with white people, intimacy with different races and cultures and being able to navigate um, a number of things uh, as Samir was sharing so eloquently all I had to think was about the people and this is across gender who have been, who have this thing where they don't want to be found out as unworthy mm. they don't want to be found out as not worth it and so it's like, I'm going to like block, move, maneuver. I'm going to matrix myself out of this intimacy experience for fear that if I'm actually found out, you're going to find out that my shine is actually coded. And mm. underneath is like, you know, a matte finish. I really don't have the shine that I believe that I have. And that, you know, I don't know that I can create intimacy based upon a belief that intimacy is only romantic. When I think about it in that way, it takes a it takes a different level. I think of work and um, a commitment to say at work to see intimacy past the very tiny, minute box that we place it in, and that's across that's across genders. Mm. You know, we just, sometimes we have to stop, and then you don't have intimacy looks different in commercials. You don't see a lot of transgender people in commercials around love. Hey, let's run through the park and you should buy this medication. You know, like, you know, it's not, we don't see that. We, they've just started doing interracial coupling in the last couple of years. Maybe a lesbian couple, maybe a gay couple, but like transgender, non-gender conforming. Yep. There's no, there's no place, there's no real place that I can see where they are, where they are represented, they are held, that they are intimately welcomed to a conversation that is mainstream. Mm. Wow. I have loved every single minute of this conversation and I'm so grateful for it. I wanna just ask one final question. And this is reaching out to both of you with maybe a little bit of advice for some of our listeners and for anyone listening today who may find themselves in relationship single if they are committed to a process of getting intimate with themselves what would be a singular piece of advice that you would give to them particularly in the current state that we find our world in in this very moment they should go to www.momentumeducation.com. We have this amazing offer, the Red Door offer of the intimacy and worthiness small groups. And we really have an in-depth, honest conversation about intimacy in such a way where it is 
um, not only is it local in your home, but it is global in your experience because you get to have that conversation with people from all over, literally all over the planet. Um, in some groups, we have people from D.C., Chicago, uh, New York City, Atlanta. And even I didn't realize how much even your environment impacts your intimacy. Right. And so my advice really would be first to find and register for Red Door membership and then get access to all of that and become intimate with your whole self, mm. like with your whole 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 self momentum education organization that really believes in the mind body and soul your community the people around you and more importantly the person in the mirror i love that and i am actually enrolled in the intimacy workshop and it has <laughs> been an incredible experience and uh i appreciate you saying that butter because it it really it is something that's available to people if they want to do the work. You know, I feel like that's been a current, an undertone in all that we've talked about in this, in this episode around really being committed to doing the work. So Tamara, what would you, yeah. The want is, the want is important. You can't make the able willing, but you can arm the willing with so much stuff, distinctions, information, um, tools, exercise, you can literally arm people with those things. And I wasn't just sharing that in jest. I mean, really, um, I share because it's changed my life as a student, as a participant, and now as a trainer and a facilitator. Like, it's literally transformed my life. What this experience in quarantine has done has made me reset how I apply what I've been learning. I'm not interested in another workshop. I'm not interested in another self-help book. What I'm doing is helping myself to all the information that I already have. I am literally doing like, I'm being intimate with my knowledge, with my wisdom, and then applying it. That's the only way to work. You have what you need. You just gotta open your toolbox. Mm, absolutely. Tamara, what would be the advice that you would give to people who are, who are ready to do the work or maybe even exploring wanting to start the work? Um, so I think that, you know, I'm, what I, what I'm really connected to right now is how grateful I am that I have the privilege to even be in intimate relationships, that my, um, all of my basic needs are being met. I'm, you know, I'm not worried about my safety Right and my um, and I have a like a loving partner who I am quarantined with that is committed to taking care of me right like that is committing to taking care of our relationship right and we're committed to each other so like I'm so aware of the fact that I even have like the privilege to even work on intimacy in my life. Um, and I think like it really, like I'm like even like emotional about it because like I think about all of the people who don't have that, the, the privilege or the ability to other people right now, given everything that is going on in the world, the pandemic plus, right. 
um, that are worried about walking down the street, that are worried about jogging, that are worried about, you know, um, having an interaction, right? So I'm like very, very aware. And I think, you know, it starts with taking care of yourself. Uh, like taking care of the things that you, you know, there are so many things that we do not have control over, but what we do have control over is how we take care of ourselves. And I don't just mean our physical body, but how we take care of our mind, body, and spirit, right? Of how we take care of our, um, our hearts, right? And um, I, you know, and for those that don't have the luxury to be able to do that, Right, that we that do have the luxury to do that create spaces so that people can take care of themselves, mm-hmm. right? Because I think in contributing to other human beings in that way, right, we really open the door for intimacy. Thank you both. Thank you for that. So, so important given what's going on. Let's take a break here. We'll be right back. All right, and we're back. I'd love to just close it out with the same question I ask all my guests. Um... The title of the podcast is called Embracing Enough, and it's hosted by Enough Labs, which is committed to really allowing people the space for discovery and radical self-acceptance. But I'm curious to hear both from you. When you hear the term embracing enough, what does that mean for you? Well, for me, when I hear the term embracing enough i hear um allowing like welcoming in the conversation of abundance welcoming in the conversation of there's always always enough i'm enough there's enough all i have to do is embrace it uh-huh yep it's always there it's there always it's just there it's there for us like to yeah that was preach Leslie that was the commercial yeah (laughs) I'll be coming back (laughs) I want (laughs) to I want to thank you both so much for this I have enjoyed every single minute and I'm certain that I will continue to refer back to this conversation thank you both thank Thank you thank you Dina thank you for creating the space for it thank you yes yeah Thank you.